0: Hey there. Welcome back to another episode of MVP Business, where we showcase leaders who live through their mission, vision, and passion. I'm your host, Steph Silver, owner of Vine Collective, a unique agency that develops brands and coaches companies and organizations to embody their brand experience and achieve meaningful results. This episode is part of a local series focused on Wimberley Valley organizations in partnership with Wimberley Valley Radio and brought to you by Ozona Bank. Today's guests are Matt and Jenny Hobarth, owners of Wimberley Gardens, a local nursery, gift shop, and landscaping company offering seasonal treasures and native plants. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having us. Thank
0: you. <laughs> Thank you. Why don't we start off with um, telling everybody a little bit about who you are, who you were before you opened and started Wimberley Gardens.
1: So my journey started when I was 13 years old. I was looking for a job and my first job was at a independent retail garden center in Northeast Pennsylvania. And I must have liked it because 17 years later is when I retired. So I worked there until I was 30 years old. During the time I went to college and I'd come back on weekends and summers and things like that. But so once I was ready to get a big boy job, and I took a job in corporate America, and I worked for a consumer electronics company, and definitely grateful for the opportunity, but there was no passion there whatsoever. So then through that journey, though, I did meet my bride, and thankfully, I was able to move here in 2014. From there, questioning what did I want to do, I knew I didn't want to stay where I was at. So Jenny encouraged me to go back to school and learn about, I was really into like landscape design and things like that. So I did. I went and got a certification in landscape design, and I learned all about native plants and native adapted plants and things like that. And from there, I opened up my own company. So got all the equipment, trucks and lawnmowers and everything we needed. And I had a few employees and I just rolled with that for a few years. And it was going great and I loved it, but it was also a lot of work physically. And then one day in 2017, Jenny and I and our middle daughter, Grace, were having dinner over at the new food trucks court in town. And I remember we were sitting there eating and... We looked over across the street where Miss May's Barbecue was at the time and through all this debris and overgrown brush, we noticed what looked like hoop houses. And so we snuck over there. There was a gate open in the back of the property and we walked in and sure enough, I was like, babe, this used to be a garden center, I bet. There's pathways and there's all these structures and dilapidated buildings. So from there, Jenny reached out to Steve Dunks, who was the owner of Miss Mays, and asked him about leasing the property. The barbecue restaurant was going, but the land was not being used. So we asked about leasing out the property and it wasn't timing wise, it wasn't a right fit. So we just put that to bed and she gave Steve her phone number. And then one day, Jenny got a message from one of her friends that Miss Mays was closing.
2: Yeah, we got a message from a friend the day after Christmas when Steve had announced that she said they're closing. And we were like, what's going on? So Matt called one of our realtor friends to ask him. And he was like, he's not closing. He's been here forever. And we said he made an announcement. And he said, let me call you back. So he called us back and said, yes, indeed, he had closed, and that he was interested in talking to us, not right then, because it was new and a little raw for him. I'd been in his family for a long time. and But we just thought, oh, it's going to take two weeks, three weeks, four weeks before he reaches out. It wasn't, but a few days later, we're sitting on the couch one evening watching a movie, and Steve called and asked if we wanted to sit down and meet. And sure enough, the next day, I think, we sat down for four hours on the front porch of the building and talked and really Matt and Steve talked because come to find out it was his Steve's grandmother's garden center and Steve helped run it. And they had a lot to talk about. I just had a Pinterest board with mm-hmm. pictures of if we ever did open a garden center, what it would look like as I'm more like visual and the design and not necessarily Didn't have all the plant knowledge. Loved to garden, but didn't have the plant knowledge.
0: And what did you do before you guys started this business or before you started the conversation
2: with Steve? I was a hairstylist. Yeah. So I was doing hair and I had a salon out of my house, just a little, I call it a salon, but it was a little room that thankfully I had been blessed with a lot of really good clients and that became friends. And I did hair out of my house because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't working in a salon and not available for my kids because I wanted to make sure that I was always home after school with them and able to take them to school and I could make my own schedule. So I was doing hair.
0: That's awesome. Since you had this salon and now you're talking to Steve about starting a garden center, what were you thinking at the time? Like scared? Were you excited? Were you thinking what's going to be my role? I wasn't really scared because I jump and I just go. That's
2: just been my personality. And then after I go, I'm like, oh, like (laughs) I get a little, what did I just do? But, and not in a reckless way, it's just that if I feel it, I do it. And I knew he wanted to do that. And he had said, we had driven around Wimberley and he said, location, location, you have to have a good location for a garden center. And that just opened up. And I thought, what an opportunity. I was more inclined when I was looking at it, thinking, oh, I can't wait to take that down. Oh, I can't wait to dress that up. Oh, I can't wait to put a tree here or to clean up and spruce it all up. That was what I was excited about. And he was going to do all the plant stuff. And we just got busy and started working on it. And I didn't know what my role would be. I knew that I'd probably just run the inside and be checking people out and supporting him. I didn't realize that once we did open it, that organically, like, I was blessed with design. I don't know. So I can say, okay, this is where you need to put this and it just comes really easy to me. So helping customers that became friends and I would sketch it out and put plants there. Sometimes I would lay it out in the middle of the garden center oh, nice. and just show them how to set it up or we were going out to people's houses like I'd say, "Okay, grab those and I'll follow you out there." And I would go out there and like
0: place plants for them. Can't really do that. No, you don't have the time anymore. Yeah. yeah. But that's fun. That's exciting. And so what were you thinking at the time? Were you scared? Were you excited?
1: I was definitely a little more reserved and like thinking things through like the what ifs and the fear of failure was definitely running through my mind. At the same time, we had to go like it was this was basically the beginning of January and we had to open by spring break because naturally retail garden centers your busy season, your Super Bowl is spring. So as much as I had those reservations, I didn't really focus on it a whole lot because it was just like, you had to go. And I've never been afraid of work. And that was by far the hardest that we've ever worked in our lives, getting that place ready. And we would not have been able to do it without the amazing support of of the community, our friends and our families. People were just showing up with Buckets and paint and rakes. And it was like unbelievable the amount of support that we had in getting things prepped because it was a ton of work. But it was also so cool, just backing up just a minute on like the rebirth. Like we had a name picked out, we had this vision. And in speaking with Steve, we learned that. Wimberley Gardens was the name of the garden center 20 years prior. So when he told us this, and it's still, I get goosebumps hearing that. I'm like, we got in the car and I looked at Jenny and I said, babe, we got to call this Wimberly Gardens. She's like, I know <laughs> we do.
2: Yeah. Cause you had the name he had a name and this was his thing. And he and Steve talked that day. And at the end he looked, we were leaving and we'd come to an agreement that we wanted, that we were going to do this. And Steve said, I never asked you, what do you do? And I said, I'm a hairstylist. And his eyes welled up with tears. And he said, Miss May, my grandmother, was a hairstylist who left doing hair to open Wimberley Gardens. And she was, I think she was in the little barn here in the square. And sure enough, and then he said, you have to do this. This is what, you're supposed to do like i feel like you guys were brought to me and both it just was amazing it went full circle
0: you told me that earlier and i got chills when you said it and then you said it again and i got chills again yeah <laughs> you definitely you have no choice
1: <laughs> no we didn't and no, we didn't have any we didn't it. have a business plan we didn't have any money but we did have the vision And we had the work ethic and we had the support from everyone around us. So I think those things just drove us. It was just amazing how things fell in place. Like we didn't know who we were going to buy our products from and who were going to be all of our suppliers. How's that all going to work out? And it just it did. The people just came into our lives who pointed us in this direction or gave us this recommendation. It was just really unbelievable how that all worked out.
0: So I have a personal question. You said that you didn't really have the financial plan and support to get it started. That's one of the big blockers, of course, for anybody starting a business. You're successful now. So you can open up and say, this is how we did it. Did you put it on a credit card? Did you get a line of credit? What? How did you go about getting? Because it's a lot of product that you guys had to get. So we immediately went and applied with a local bank here and
2: they declined. I would too, th- because it's a first time business and they want to see that you've been in business for a couple years, which is crazy. Cause and what it's collateral like,
0: can you put up? Yeah, <laughs> no, and I don't have anything.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my, my little spade. Yeah, and They said no. And I know he wanted to say yes, but he just, he did. Ultimately, I don't think he was the one that could make that decision. Maybe you could, but anyways, we just maxed out credit cards. We looked for, thank God we had good credit. So we looked for 0% interest and we maxed them out and we paid it off within that first year.
1: And we literally like every dollar we made was reinvested into the business. So we lived you know, like peasants. We, did. we really did mm. that first
2: year. We just didn't have any money. We weren't spending
0: anything extra. So were the girls still excited about the business, even though like, finances had pulled back?
1: I think so. I don't think they were affected at all.
0: And we'll just pause and say they have three girls who at the time were like older teenagers. 18, yeah. 18, 15, and 12.
1: Yeah. So we actually opened our 18-year-old's birthday. Her birthday got neglected that
2: year. We made Um, up for it, though. We did make up up for it. (laughs) But
1: I think, I mean, they were there every day helping us.
2: They were our first employees because we were so blessed. Like, people were at the fence, like holding onto the chain link fence, saying, what are you guys doing here? What are you guys going to put here? What's going in? And when they found out, they're like, when are you going to open? Are you going to be open by spring? And we were just busy from day one. So we just thought it was going to be Matt and I running it. And then the girls coming in after school to help and maybe on the weekends? No, wrong. It was like gangbusters. Still, I really can't get over it. I don't know a whole lot of businesses that open up like that. We were busy right away. And the community was amazing. We opened and-
1: uh, I remember too, our our first order, you have to have all these minimum purchases in order to get things delivered. And we didn't- we weren't even close to that. So Jenny and I, we went down to one of our growers and we filled up the back of her car with like 15 hanging baskets. That's all we could start with. And we're like, all right. And we brought them back. that
2: was like such a big deal because every bit, all of our money was going into tables and different things that we needed to put in place. It was like we (laughs) didn't have money to buy plants, but we did. We made it work, but we brought a little bit and immediately put it back in. It was quite something of how busy and just pulling in. But those hanging baskets sold like that. And then I remember trying to figure out pricing and Matt had this whole formula. I'm like, oh, I don't know if we can price it like that because you want it to sell. So you're like, I'll just do it a little bit lower. And he's, no. (laughs) (laughs) So it was, that was the whole retail part of it was a little bit of a learning curve and just how busy we didn't have time to learn. I was calling on friends. So a lot of my friends are teachers. And they were some of our first employees that were coming in like after school and helping run the registers on the weekends. And they loved it. Loved it. I just thought they were helping. They're like, no, I love doing this. So it was fun. It was crazy though.
1: Oh yeah. I remember the day before we opened, we still hadn't had our cash register set up (laughs) and that's a big deal. And so I remember we were there till three in the morning trying to figure out the tax on, on our cash register and- And so we got it. And yeah, it was just a whirlwind. It was just crazy thinking back. It was just a lot.
0: It was a blur. Once you got past that big, blurry, busy time, how did you figure out or have you figured out how to who does what and what your roles are as a husband and wife team running this business that has multiple different arms and legs?
1: I think that was probably one of our biggest challenges initially. Was what's my role? What's her role? And how do we work together? And I think there were definitely times where you know we those roles were unclear, and we're stepping each other's boundaries maybe at times. And but I think what's cool is that we started out as a retail garden center, but I think how the store organically transformed into a home decor and gift shop that kind of allowed our, the roles were then more obvious to me. So Jenny's passion and what she's so good at is design and, you know, displaying and just decorations and things like that. So as we were selling more and more plants, we were able to expand our store and that's what transpired and took over the inside and i'll let you speak to that a little bit more
2: yeah i think that really didn't have much of an inside we cut the store off at the side door and there wasn't really anything in the back we just partitioned it off put plants there and all the fertilizers were up front with some of the pottery is now and there was like one table and then i had some stuff that was in storage from I'm a thrift store person or side of the road. I'm like, Oh, I can make that pretty. I can redo that. So I had a lot of things like that and just like stuff at home from plants. I just brought in just to decorate, just to make it look a little homey or a little more filled out. And I had a couple of friends help me do that as well. But those things started selling like people were wanting to buy it.
0: All your stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's this wall decor? Can I take it? Yeah. Yes, you yeah. can.
2: <laughs> and then as it just grew and then. We need to get some pottery in. And I remember that first order, I just was sweating because it was so expensive. It was so expensive and it sold right away. So then we're reordering. And then what happened is I realized that I have a hard time saying no or hurting people's feelings. So I had a couple people come in and show me different pots and different things. They're like, these sell great in this garden center and this garden center and some of the more popular ones in Austin. So you're like, I'm going to bring it in, even though I don't like it. I couldn't sell it because I don't like it. Oh, yeah, I was you have like, to believe
0: in what you're selling. Yes, sure.
2: and so if I like it, I buy it. So I did that. That was like the first year and a half I did that. And I'm like, why am I buying things? Because I can't even go, oh, this is a great pot. I'd be lying. And now I'm staying
0: more true to myself and what I really like. and It's working. It's beautiful in there. How do you not take it all home and redecorate your place every time, every
2: day? I don't because I'm redecorating the store. So my house used to be, we took things down as like the trends have changed and I just have not, we're going to work on it this year, but really got it going again, like really pretty at my house because I'm decorating all day at the store because I feel like that's my home. That's another home. One time was like, why are you so anxious? Why are you nervous? And running around trying to get all this stuff ready. And I said, because I finally dawned on me. We had this conversation so many times. It was almost not even a fight, but just calm down, he would say. And I realized I feel like I'm inviting friends over every single day. And that's a representation of me and Matt. And I just want it to be perfect. And I realized it doesn't have to be perfect. And so we're working on that. This year, we're working on, I'm working on it not being perfect and letting things go. And people really don't care if this display is set to perfection. And I'm going to work on a little bit more of home stuff. Still, obviously, the store, but just letting go a little bit. So it doesn't take such a big toll. But it does. When people are coming there every day, it's not like you're walking into Target. You're walking into a small business and it's reflection of you and you want it to be clean and tidy and welcoming. My biggest thing is for everyone to feel welcome when they walk in. I, that just is like our biggest thing that they come in. Matt is funny because I'll say if they, if I hear somebody say it just feels good in here, I'm like, oh, I don't care if you buy anything. I just want them to
0: feel good, feel welcomed and feel comfortable
2: and feel at peace.
0: I always do. I always do. Never want to leave And I always want to leave with more than what my budget allows. (laughs) (laughs) What did I just do? (laughs) I don't have a garden store. I can't justify the credit card bill. Yeah,
2: yeah. it's just, that's my most important thing. And I think Matt's important thing too. And we want our staff to be friendly, but we want it to be organic. We don't want them just saying hello to say hello. Like We want to instill in them that it's important because they're on the front line too. If they can develop a relationship with people, that's what it's about. It's such a neat community that we live in. And some of the people that work here don't even live here. They come in for maybe Dripping or Kyle. And they're like, it's such a neat community. And I said, it's a beautiful community because everybody is friendly and a lot of people have been here for a long time. And even if you
0: haven't been here for a long time, I feel like we're so welcoming. So now that you have been doing this for a little while, you mentioned earlier to me that you're you're finally in a place where you have a staff that you can rely on. How did you get to that point where you have a solid staff? And how does that change things for you as the owners?
1: So it changes things dramatically. I think we just get there from trial and error. I think you just are going to go through employees and you never know who's going to show up at your business to apply. And it's until you get them on the floor and working, you just don't know how it's going to work out. So we are so fortunate right now. We've probably got our strongest team that we've ever had. Everybody there is just super friendly, super high energy, very knowledgeable. And those things are huge. People Customers know that they can come in and they're going to get honest answers. I always tell our team, I said, it's not about the sale. It's about setting customers up for success because that's ultimately what our goal is. So our staff has allowed us to kind of branch out. And we were meeting, Jenny was meeting with one of our customers about a year ago, and they said something that really stuck out. They said, you've got a growing, not going. And it really made sense. And because we've been just go eight days a week, just so that really stuck out to me. And so having a strong staff and a frontline that allows us to do things on the back end to grow the business, reaching out to other suppliers or thinking about how different displays and how the growth is going to take place over the next few years. To me, that's been the biggest benefit of having such a strong staff.
2: Yeah. So we can go on, maybe start an online store. There's so many things like we didn't even have time to think about even last year, classes, offering classes, like we talk about it and we're at home and we're like, okay, we should do these classes in this class. And then we're like, okay, but we would have to do it. So we're trying to figure out the time. And then the next day you go to maybe put a plan in place and you get pulled from the back room. We have a question out here. or Jenny, we have a question out here. And it's just not enough time in the day. And so those kinds of things now I think we're able to do really starting free like classes to come in and be educated. We have Tomato Dave in, who's amazing, gardening class, and we're coming up with a few more classes. But there's a lot of things that we want to do that we haven't been able to do, and they're allowing us to do that because they're just taking the reins and going with it. And it's not that we don't want to be in the store because we do, but we want to be able to do these other things and then be in the store readily available. That's one of our favorite things is talking and community and connection.
1: Just the relationship yep. building is, that's my favorite part is just speaking to customers and becoming very friendly and educating them on gardening. And that's to me is by far the most rewarding part.
2: Of oh, for sure. And you <laughs> have people that have moved away even and come back and have stayed with us yeah, have had their first baby. We've met some really neat people. And just developing a relationship and knowing like their kids or oh my gosh, I can't believe how big they were. You were pregnant when I first started. Do you remember when it was just there's all these stories? It's fun. Not that I don't want it to be big, but I always want it to be we're there. I don't want to be there every single day. I would if I had the energy, but I wanna when I'm there, I wanna be present and talking to and people. happy to be there yeah and happy to be there
0: so you mentioned earlier about the anxiety would carry around trying to make everything perfect being a husband and wife team with a small business that is wanted to say luckily but not luckily like you're blessed to have this very successful business but it's also very busy how have you gone about balancing you have these three daughters at home or one just moved away have two moved away now like things are changing But how do you balance your personal life with your work life and your
2: health? It hasn't. There's been no balance, to be honest. And I believe that probably with anybody who starts a new business that you're just going. And so there hasn't been. It's you're sitting at dinner. So we're going for a family dinner. And I'm like, it's probably me more than Matt. Because my wheels always spin about what I can do next, how I can build this, how we can do this and grow. And so I'll start talking and our girls are like, oh my gosh, you're always talking about work. And it's right. It's sad that we're trying to be a little bit more present and not be talking about it. That being our staple conversation at every dinner. Thing is that Matt and I aren't really talking throughout the day. We're passing each other and going. So we're catching up on our work day. Like you go to work with when your husband goes somewhere else and you're talking about it. That's what we're doing because some of the stuff, there are things that have happened that he sits down at six o'clock and tells me. I'm like, what? You didn't tell me that. And he's, I said, when did that happen? He's 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, all day. You never told me that happened. It was funny. We had a celebrity come in one time and both he and I looked at each other, oh my gosh, this is our first year. It wasn't until two days later that we were at dinner that we said, oh my gosh, we never talked about that. (laughs) There hasn't been a balance. So I'm trying to find a little bit more of a balance because the stress and the not balance has affected
1: my health. I think it's us being very intentional. Now that we have this team in place and now that confident that everything's fine, I think it's us being very intentional in Trying to find that balance, scheduling days off, scheduling time where we don't talk about anything but the business, really. And I feel like getting there. Like we've taken these steps over the past few months. Things are starting. Like projects are at our house have gotten so neglected over the past few years, and it's stressful. It like really it causes a lot of anxiety. with me, I come home. I'm like, oh my god, I got to do that and I got to do that, and and there's no time. With the way things are now, I feel like we're making steps in the right direction intentional. And and then having coffee this morning, we sat down and we had coffee on the couch, no phones, no electronics. We just talked. And I think that was really good for us.
2: And last night too, like I'm so proud of myself last night. I did not talk about work at all. Like I had to refrain And I had to refrain from going in and getting my notepad because I will just sit on the couch while everybody's watching a show. I am not a big TV watcher at all. And I'll draw stuff out or write. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm staying present. I'm staying present with everyone. I'm more of the, I'm the one that's not finding the balance. He is, we're both workers, but he'll work, work, and then he can come home. And he can probably relax a little bit more than I can. I know that it's spinning in his head and he's thinking about different things he has to do, but he doesn't verbalize it. I verbalize everything. (laughs) And so I'm like, oh, we have to do this. So sometimes it gets overwhelming and realize that just do that first next thing.
1: I think something that hit home, it was probably about a year ago and we were just at dinner and naturally talking about the business and our youngest Maggie, she's, can we not talk about the garden center? (laughs) Because <laughs> they're probably... The poor kids, every time we go on vacation, it's let's stop at this garden center and they want to go horseback riding. And we're like, no, let's stop at this garden center and check it out. Let
2: we take them horseback ride. No, then but... We do... Yeah.
1: When she said that, it hit home a little bit for me. Was it
2: like... What do we talk about that? Yeah. It's coming back to that. That's all we talk about if we go on date night. And so we have to be more intentional about not talking about it. Really, this is our year, like to really turn this around in terms of just finding a healthy balance.
0: So, how do you do that? How have you started to try to find the intention? Do you like wake up and say, this is my intention? Or is there a process, or are you just trying to be mindful of it? I'm trying to be mindful of it. I'm waking up. I will say,
2: it's funny I'm saying this probably for the first time Matt's going to hear it, but I'm an early bird, so I'm up super early. So I have this time to myself, so I can use that however I want, whether I want to meditate, whether I want to write my intentions, my gratitude, whether I want to look at Pinterest or some sort of design stuff. But now Matt's waking up earlier. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm like, wait, I had my like hour before he got up. But today he did his thing. I did my thing. And I just did all my like writing and really not work related at all. And then we were talking and started talking about different things. And then it led to work stuff. And then I said the main things that I wanted to get done first thing before we came over here. And we were like, oh my gosh, we're out of time. We had to go run and get ready. But I'm just trying to be mindful of it. It's the power of habit, right? And so I've been doing this for four and a half years. So it's hard to put the brakes on and reevaluate because you're automatic. You want to talk about work. You automatically, something will come to my mind. I want to pick up my tablet and start writing. I have probably 25 notebooks throughout our store and home. And I can never find yeah. where I drew something because it's whatever notepad. Yeah. And something ever
0: happens to me, they're going to
2: find sketches and <laughs> every everywhere. notebook or notes that I wrote. It's funny,
0: but I visually, I have to write it down. Thank you for sharing all that, because it's one of the things that a lot of people don't realize about. I think it happens mostly with retail business because it is so busy where you you have so much face time with your customer and then you also have to run the store and then you have to do your bookkeeping and all the different things, the ordering of the products, knowing like you have the 30 years of previous experience of Working at the landscape shop, but like you said, that what's native here is very different to what's native in Pennsylvania. So there's a lot of education and there's, and the climate is changing and so different things to continually learn. But as a customer or someone who hasn't run their own business, A Business has phases of life, just people or animals. First year of an infant is there's so much happening. They go from not knowing anything to learning how to walk. (laughs) And it's the same thing with running a business. And so what you just described was like now that you know how to walk, it's not as hard to walk, but you're in that habit of trying to learn and go as quickly as you can and do all the things. Have you seen that the last, so it's how many years has it been? Four and a half. So four and a half years, you've been going, blowing, and now does it feel like a natural transition into, wow, have you had the opportunity to look back and say, wow, we did that? We've done that. Yeah, we're doing I think it.
2: just this year, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I can believe it, but I can't believe that we're here. I don't know. It just it went so fast, and sometimes I don't. I feel like an employee because I do the same things that they do. But it, this year, I was like, oh, we own it, just because we own the property now, but we own the business. And did somebody said this? And, and I thought I'd follow through, and I had a hard time, but. The business kind of owned us for a while. And so we're trying to learn to own the business and not let it own us.
1: I think the other thing too, COVID, those COVID years really, of course, they brought challenges to everybody, right? For us, we didn't know what was going to happen and when COVID first started, but come to find out, like, okay, people were staying home. So- With that, people were like, oh, let's, let's do some home projects. Let's do some landscaping. Let's do some gardening. We were so busy during that time because we were fortunately, we were deemed essential. And so we were able to stay open. And I think just like I just looking back at that time, that was a complete whirlwind. Getting back to your question, I think now is like the first time where I'm getting back and be like, wow, this is pretty cool. I remember what it looked like day one and year one and where it is now. And then I'm always thinking, I can't wait to see this place in five years. Jenny's got, I think, just one idea. But but no, I know we've got some really cool ideas and projects in the works and on one of her notebooks, it's just now is really the first time that I'm able to like soak it all in.
2: Yeah, it really is because we didn't know we thought we were going to be shut down. And then once we were deemed essential, we thought nobody's going to come. Everybody came. They're coming from all over, all over Austin. It was crazy. Lines. We were doing checking out on the front porch. And there were lines in the parking lot. The police were coming by to make sure we didn't have too many people outside, even in the garden center. Like we had people watch standing at the gate, letting six people in, six to ten people in at a time, or and so we went from this little old rinky dink cash register, right? To our phones being tied up all day because people we were doing pickup orders and so nothing was streamlined and half our staff left because they didn't want to work during COVID. They were nervous, which I understand, but we were left working and it was like covid really it hit us differently but we didn't feel the stuck at home the being at home with your family and working from home it was just go sleep eat sleep get back up and do it all over again and so it feels like this year we're in trying to really figure out it is yeah
1: yeah for sure And now that's what's funny because our business totally depends on climate and weather too, right? So it's been interesting with the lack of rain and the the severe drought that we're in. Fortunately, we're such huge advocates of native and native adapted plants. So plants that don't necessarily need all this water. And, but I think that has, that's certainly been a challenge for us this year too.
2: Yeah. We were put on restrictions through the city. And so we are able to water from seven AM to 10 a.m. and then 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. And I think we watered once in the evening. So it was a learning curve for us as well because we realized that they didn't need as, as much water. Even when it's super hot like that, they didn't need, they did just fine. And so now going forward, that was a blessing. And for us that we got to learn that. I told Matt, neat, because we thought he and I were gonna be down there every night from seven to 10 watering. One time he went down there. But what we did, we have Whitney, one of our, on our team, she made a suggestion. We had these troughs. And she says, just put a little bit of water in there, like four inches of water. And throughout the day, some of the four-inch annuals, perennials, and the six-packs, just throw them in there. They can feed through, they can get watered by soaking in there. And that was huge. Yeah, and now we can do that every year, do that. So we learned
0: a lot through that. And then purchasing more of the plants that don't need it as much yeah, you for know sure what to recommend during yep. these harder drought years. As
1: yeah. Well. In fact, the other day I was just brainstorming. And I'm like, this continues. Our products are going to change, they're going to shift. And so naturally, I'm looking at different suppliers and trying to. You always had to be thinking six months, which was definitely a challenge, not having any of that experience really before in terms of ordering all of that. Christmas trees are ordered in June and you're sitting in your office, sweat pouring down your face and you're ordering ordering Christmas Christmas trees trees, and mm -hmm. it's weird. So yeah, I was just thinking about that the other day, how things may need to shift moving forward depending on the weather.
0: Outside of your control. So how has your business lived up to the vision that you had when you looked over at the building and said, we're going to own that business, that building? I just think that it's organically just started, like
2: just redoing everything. And now I want to redo the outside of the store again, because when we first opened, I was able to, one of our good friends came over and sprayed the whole building in an hour and a half, two hours, but now I'm ready to just spruce it up a little bit more. If I had it in my I'd have like little cottages all over the property with little areas to shop in, like little buildings to shop in. But it's coming along. I would love to have Wimberley Gardens home and patio. So that's something that we're looking into, putting another building on there. We're trying to figure out how that all looks on the property, because it's hard once you see it. So you've been going there every day for five years now and not quite, but five years and trying to look at it differently and then having the seed and supply. And you're just really brainstorming, really being able to kind of fine tune it.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite things is like looking back through old pictures. Like we have so many pictures from before we, we even opened and that really brings once you see that you're like wow completely transformed you guys have done a
0: lot of work
1: yep and it's so that's when it really hits home for me wow i remember we used to have that dilapidated building over there or whatever
2: there used to be the food line up there i don't know if you ever saw it but there was a food line so where we check out right now where our register is and then the wall that the seats are on and those posts down there that was the food line so that's where Steve had all of his food and served the foods we took that down and that was our office mm-hmm. so we had this like little desk that was back there and we sat back there and worked and then we when a customer would come in we'd get up and go help them
1: but i think the cool thing and you mentioned it was that it just organically happens. And we just think of these ideas, execute them to our, the best of our ability. And we always utilize the down season like January as our time to do our big project. So we've already got a checklist of projects that are going to be doing this year. But so I think it's just so cool just to see the transformation.
0: What advice would you have for someone who is, has a passion and is thinking about starting their own business, what advice would you have for them?
1: You mentioned it. passion, you have to have passion no matter what. You have to be willing to put everything into it. You cannot be outworked by anybody else. It's just, in my small experience, you have to put everything into it and be smart. And my old boss told me, he said, work smart, not hard, and know that you never know what the day is going to bring. Something I never really even considered or thought about was just managing people. That's probably been one of my biggest struggles because it's not just about you. When you open up a retail, you're going to have employees and every employees, everybody's got everything and they bring it all to one table and it's you got to manage that. And that's really tricky. That's a challenge for me, for sure. Something that I'm really Focusing on now. But I think you just have to be smart and you have to have drive and you have to have work ethic and you have to have passion.
2: And you have to have a good team. You have to, yeah, you have to have a good team. You have to bring a good team. And if they're not, you just have to not be emotionally involved and wish them well. But you have to have a good fit because that's a representation of who you are to me and really being intentional with your day. Because I was listening to a podcast actually. And it was they were talking about being intentional because once you step foot into that establishment, you're on as the owner. You're at everybody's beck and call, if you will, because they're asking you a million questions and which is great. But it's like you've got to be intentional with getting whatever you need to get done and have on your list before you step in. And that was like the one thing that I'm really trying to learn is to get in there. I like going really early. So I could be down there at 5, 5.30 and work till 8 o'clock and then go home and get ready for the day because then I'm in my zone. I can redo stuff and it makes for a long day, but I'm much happier when I'm able to get everything set the way I want. And not every day, but if I can get those things out of the way, that are super important to me and then start my day at the store. I just think being mindful and prioritizing and really prioritizing what's most important and know that you're going to be working your tail off.
0: Yeah. And it just is what it takes. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for everything that you shared <sighs> thank with you. us. Thanks Thanks thank for you. having us. Yeah. And thank you for listening. If you liked it, tell your friends, follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn. The mission of MVP Business is to dig deep into the lives of true leaders so that others can follow, knowing that the path isn't easy, but the journey is worth it. So enjoy the day and live with passion.